0: It is our joy, dear Father, to uh, honor you. And that is an amazing statement in and of itself. Uh, forgive us, Father, when we fall short. But, Father, uh, I pray that you would place it upon our hearts to make it our joy to honor you. We're going to go into Joshua chapter 5. And you, will, I think, at least the other two services stood uh, back in awe of how God has brought us to the place He brings us at the time He brings us. To try to choreograph what God wants to do to me is foolish, but just to allow Him to move in our lives. But allowing God to do what He's going to do in our lives is is an amazing event, and to watch Him move. And so we're going to be in uh, Joshua chapter 5. Please turn with me to Joshua. What a place. Israel is now on the other side of the Jordan River. We've seen that the last couple of weeks. We've taken a look at uh, part and parcel of what is taking place in their lives. And uh, we've seen now that their crossing was nothing short of miraculous. But more, their crossing the Jordan set up their taking possession of the land because now the people have become fearful of them because of their God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Read with me, please, in in chapter 5, verse 1. It came about when all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard how the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan before the sons of Israel until they had crossed, that their hearts melted And there was no spirit in them any longer because of the sons of Israel. Let me just stop there for a second and turn back at chapter 2. In chapter 2, we have already heard from Rahab. The Canaanites were already afraid of Israel's God because they had also heard that He dried up the Red Sea. Remember in chapter 2, verse 9, 10, and 11, Rahab said to the men, verse 9, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. She is saying this to the spies who she is now hiding in her home. She says in verse 10, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. In verse 11 she says, When we heard this, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you, for the Lord your God. And now she gives testimony to their God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And she says at the end of verse 11, Because your God is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Well, as we're going to read here in chapter 5, Now we turn back, please. God has something more to do with Israel before He allows them to go into battle. And it's a very important time in their lives. He is going to set up and renew His covenant with the people. I want you to note when we read here, the people were disobedient to God on two levels. One, because they lacked courage. Two, because they lacked integrity. Number one, they were discouraged and they were afraid to go into the land when God says, I have given you the land. And then they sent 12 spies. Remember, 10 of them came back. 10 of them said, We can't get them. We cannot take these people. They're too big. They're too strong. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, Oh, no, on the contrary. God has given us this land. We can take possession of the land. And so they didn't go into the land. Okay, they were afraid. That's somewhat acceptable. But secondly, when they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, they were disobedient because they neglected to circumcise their children. This you're going to see is an abomination before the Lord. Because what they did and what they failed to do is to me the most despicable of things. And that is that they kept away from their children the blessings of God because of their disobedience. And I promise you, I vow before God and I vow before you, I will not allow that to happen in our church, into our families. I will, to the best of our ability, present Jesus Christ to our young people so that they know the promises that they have and the joy that they can have in serving the Lord. So let's read and see where they fell short. And let's see how that applies so perfectly to our lives, where we are today in this tumultuous uh, time that we are living. Read with me from verse 2. To verse 9. We've already read verse 1 of chapter 5. At that time, in verse 2, the Lord said to Joshua, Make for yourselves flint knives and circumcise again the sons of Israel the second time. So Joshua made himself flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeah, Hera, Alath. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males? All the men of war died in the wilderness along the way after they had came out, after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out were circumcised, but all the people who were born in the wilderness along the way as they came out of G- Egypt had not been circumcised. Folks, that's disobedience. For the sons of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness until all the nation, that is, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished because, because they did not listen to the voice of the Lord, to whom the Lord had sworn that He would not let them see the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. And their children, whom He raised up in their place, Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not circumcised them along the way, disobedience. Now it came about when they had finished circumcising all the nation that they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. Gilgal meaning rolling away the reproach. The reproach was the disobedience of the parents towards their children and their disobedience towards their God. Now what I want to prove to you today out of this place in Scripture is that that was a major catastrophe in the lives of these people. Not only did they wander in the wilderness for 40 years, not only did they not get to go into the promised land, but they also were disobedient to God towards their children and towards His covenant that He had with them. And He has given you and me a covenant as well. We have promises that God has given to us and we cannot forsake these promises because of the times in which we live or the circumstances that we're under. Let's pray first. Father, please, please, I beg of You to open up our hearts and our minds and our our eyes so that we might behold wonderful things from Your Word. Teach us, Father, a marvelous lesson from the Word of God, especially in these times in which we are now living, uh, times that some of us have never expected and some have never seen, maybe heard of from our parents or grandparents. Now we are living, Father, in a time That we need to draw upon our strength and our courage and who you are and trust in you as never before. So Lord, would you please move me aside? This message is too current. It's too important for us as a family. We need to hear from your heart. We need to hear the encouragement that comes from being obedient to you. Bless us, please. Bless us, please. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. The circumcision that we just read in chapter 5 of Joshua took approximately 10 days to accomplish and then 10 more days for the, uh, the older people to heal. Before they would go into battle, God had to renew His covenant with these people. Now, the question that you and I might ask is why? Why did God, God command this ritual, circumcision, to take place? Simple. Because Israel is a covenant nation. Israel has privileges as a people like no other people on the face of this earth. want you to see it. As you're going to see today, we have a lot of verses to go through. Some of them, I'm just going to ask you, if, you, if you're inclined to, to cross-reference us through the verses of what we're studying I would encourage you to write them down. Some of them, they're just one verse long and I will go through them probably before you can turn to it. On the others that I want you to turn to, like uh, to turn to Romans chapter 9, that I would like to ask you to do because I want you to read this with me. Romans chapter 9, we're going to see that Israel is a people like no other people on the face of this earth. In my case that I'm going to make, so you'll know where I'm going in all of this, is so are we. Like them, we have, we have promises from God that are like a covenant with us. Romans chapter 9, Paul says these words, perhaps one of the strongest, most amazing statement that you will ever read within the Word of God. It shows you the very seriousness and the very... Heart of Paul towards his people, the Jews. In pleading with them, Paul says in Romans chapter 9, verse 3, he says, I wish, I wish, Paul says, that I myself were accursed, separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. In other words, the Jews. He is saying, I only wish that you could hear what I'm saying to you. I wish so much. I wish that I was accursed. I wish that I was separated from Christ so that you might comprehend what I'm going to say to you. He goes on to say, you, verse 4, who are Israelites, to whom belongs... Now I'm going to add words here, but you'll be able to read verse 4. To whom belongs adoption as sons. To whom belongs the glory... To whom belongs the covenants. Now that's what we're going to be studying in Joshua today. Joshua chapter 5. To whom belongs the covenants. To whom belongs the giving of the law and the temple service. And to whom belongs the promises of Almighty God. You who are, he says, the fathers. And from whom is the Christ. In other words, through your line, Israel, came the Messiah according to the flesh, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. And so these covenant, this promise, this sign of circumcision was a major, major deal in the life of Israel. And let me explain why. Would you please now turn with me back towards Joshua, but go to the first book in your Bible, Genesis chapter 17. While you're just looking for Genesis chapter 17, listen, please. I want to mention two other places in Scripture. Two places you don't have to turn to, but if you want to look it up later, you can. God gave His covenant, first and foremost, to Abram, whom later He changed His name to Abraham. When He formed the nation of Israel, God called Abram out of Ur of Chaldees and said to him, Genesis... This is, now, you're in Genesis 17, I know, but listen to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. Just listen. He said, The Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land which I will show you. And I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. You shall be a blessing. And God says in verse 3 of Genesis chapter 12, I will bless those that bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, says God. In you, Abram, all the families of the earth will be blessed. All the families of the earth will be blessed. Later on, in Genesis chapter 15, God appears again to Abram and said, Abram, because of who you are, I'm going to make you a great nation. Abram reasons with him, I'm old. I'm really old. So Abram says to God, in in the 15th chapter, he says to him, you tell me I'm gonna be a great nation. You tell me I'm gonna be a great nation, he says, but I'm old. And I'm not gonna be able to give you a son. God says, Oh, you'll be able to give me a son, and you he says, Look up in the stars. He says, See how many stars you see? That's how many people there are gonna be they're gonna come from you. And so then God in Genesis chapter fifteen, after telling Abram in chapter 12, I'm going to make you a great nation. In chapter 15, he says, Now bring me a heifer, a goat, a ram, a turtle dove, and a pigeon. And then God took the heifer, the goat, the ram, and he split them in two. He caused Abram to go into a deep sleep. Here's the reason for that just a little insight to what took place. This is a covenant God is making with Abram, and Abram's no part of it. He's sleeping, dead asleep. The covenant is God. The covenant between you and me and God is between God and us. We have no part in it except to believe. And our covenant happened upon the cross some 2,000 years ago. Our promise of eternal life has been given to us. So God takes this heifer, this goat, this ram, splits them in two, causes Abram to go into a deep sleep, and God passes through the sacrifice of, Sealing his covenant with Abram. Now here is the sign of the covenant that God gave Abram in chapter 17 where I asked you to turn. Later on, God gave the sign of circumcision to seal his promise, his covenant with Abraham and with Abraham's descendants. Look at chapter 17 of Genesis verse 9. God said further to Abram, Now, as for you, you shall keep my covenant. This is not a suggestion. This is a command from God. You shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, throughout their generations. Verse 10, This is my covenant. Pretty simple. Let's read what it is which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin and it shall be the sign of the covenant between me and you. Now, how serious is God? Look at verse 12. Every male among you who is eight days old shall be circumcised throughout your generations. Even a servant who is born in your house or who is bought with your money from any foreigner who is not one of your descendants, that servant, verse 13, who is born in your house or who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. Thus shall my covenant be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. But, verse 14, really key to the uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. The uncircumcised does not have God's promises, God's blessings. Can you see even a little bit why I am so angry with those people who wandered in the wilderness who did not pass along to their next generation the blessings of circumcision, the promises of God. What the parents were doing was cutting off their kids from God's blessings. Can't let that happen. That is a despicable thing that they did there in the wilderness. We read through Joshua chapter 5 and we see that they didn't circumcise their children and we go, okay, but no, it's not just okay. They cut off for their kids the blessings of God. We cannot do that. Thus, this covenant, circumcision, reminded the Jews that they belonged to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel. And they were under obligation, therefore, to obey Him so as not to break off this covenant, this promise between God and them. I'm going to read you these verses. You don't need to turn there. Exodus 19:5 and 6. He says, if, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples of the earth because the earth is mine, says God. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. You shall be to me a holy nation. These are the words God says to Abraham that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. And they neglected to do that. So God gave Israel His promise, His covenant, circumcision. This was a permanent mark upon their bodies. It was there to remind them that they were special, separated, a holy nation of people, that they were to maintain their purity before God within their marriages, within their families, within the societies societies that they started, and especially in their worship of God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This was their call upon their lives. The call upon their lives. Circumcision. The covenant between them and God. But watch. Turn with me now to 1 Peter chapter 2. This is also your and my call as well our call is not the sign of circumcision our call is the call of faith we too are a holy people separated set apart for god look what peter says in first peter chapter 2 first peter chapter 2 verse 1 therefore peter writes putting aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisy and all envy and all slander like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word. Look up. This is what he's talking about right here. He's saying long for this, the pure milk of God's word that by it, by this, your Bibles, by the word of God, you may grow in respect to salvation if if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. The kindness of the Lord was giving us His Son on the cross so that we might have everlasting life. Look what he says in verse 4. And coming to Him to as a living stone, rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God. Now watch verse 5. You also, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him shall not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe. But to those who disbelieve the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone. And, verse 8, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the Word. And to this doom they were also appointed. But you, verse 9, but you folks, just like Israel, you and I are a chosen race of people. We are a royal priesthood of people. We are a holy nation of people. We are a people for God's own possession that we may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And so our call upon our lives is similar to this call that we are seeing here in Joshua chapter 5. The only difference is they had a sign of this covenant between them and God, which is circumcision. You and I today have this sign of this covenant, covenant, this promises that God has given us through the cross, through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sin who has given us blessings beyond our wildest dreams. It is His covenant with us to be a chosen people, to be a people who are a royal priesthood, to be our people who display the excellencies of Him. We are a people who were once in darkness and who are now in light. Back, please, to Joshua chapter 5. Maybe this is bringing it a little bit more into focus. The Jews had not practiced circumcision during the years of wandering in the wilderness because at Kadesh Barnea they refused to believe God. They believed the ten spies instead of Joshua and Caleb. And they allowed their fears to stop them from entering the land And the moment they did that, they were walking in disobedience to their God. And what drove them deeper into deep disobedience was they then refused to circumcise their own children. And in so doing, knew that they cut off the promises that God gave to that generation of people. And so God disciplined them, made them wander in the wilderness until that entire generation passed away except for Caleb and Joshua. And now this new generation, before they are called to take possession of this land, which they said, yes, we'll go into it. So they crossed the Jordan River. And the first essential thing that they had to do was to renew their covenant relationship with the Lord through circumcision. He blessed them by not forgetting them, because their parents forgot them. He blessed them, but He said, Joshua, you're going to have to circumcise every single male. Listen now, this is really important. Like most, quote-unquote, religious practices, in time, people will move away. In time, people will become blasé. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. I'm 35 years old in the Lord. I'm more passionate today than I was. Honestly, I am. I'm not bragging. I just am because of you. You keep me devoted to the Word of God. You keep me in the Word of God. You 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 fuel my passion. But my fear for those of us who have been Christian for a while is we start taking for granted the blessings that we have. We start taking for granted the, the, the amount of, of, of uh, blessings is the only word I can think of. I'm sorry. The amount of blessings that God wants to pour out upon our lives. And so we just kind of become blasé. Take it for granted. In time, the Jews became to trust that external mark of the covenant more than the God who gave them the covenant And so in time they began to think that as long as they were God's covenant chosen people, they could live just as they pleased. But they were warned. I'm not going to ask you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 10, but I want you to look it up. But it's just a simple verse. I'm not going to ask you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 4 or 1 Samuel chapter 15. But listen, because they're all similar, in Deuteronomy chapter 10, God said to the people, circumcise your hearts. Circumcise your hearts. Don't stiffen your neck against me any longer. Jeremiah chapter 4. They also were warned in verse 4. Circumcise yourself to the Lord, Jeremiah said. Remove the foreskins of your heart. God says, or else my wrath will burn or go forth against you like a fire that is unquenchable. God prefers obedience over sacrifice. He always has. He always will. Circumcise your hearts. Samuel said, Has the Lord, in Samuel fifteen twenty two Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as He has in obeying the voice of the Lord? No. He says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of the rams. You see, no amount of external surgery can change the innermost person. Only God does that. Paul said as much. In Romans chapter 2, verse 28 and 29, Paul says, The person is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision, Paul taught, that which is outward upon the flesh. No, no. He says, A Jew is one who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that which is of the heart. The heart. By the spirit, not by the letter. His praise will be from God, not men. You see, they were not unlike some people today. They felt sure that they were okay going to heaven because they were God's chosen people. And there are many people today because they've been baptized or confirmed or participate in in, in communion or come to church even when it's windy out. Oh, that's my hair. I can't go to church. And they do the outward things, the religious things, but they miss those things that are done within. Listen, please, every single one of you whom I love so much, I love you more than I can ever put into words. I love you so much. No religious rites that you and I do can become a substitute for our faith in Jesus Christ. For by grace... You and I have been saved through faith. And that, not of ourselves, it is a gift of God. It's not a result of works, so that none of us might boast. That's Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Now I want to close with this thought. Turn back to Joshua chapter 5 and look with me again at verse 8. Let me show you the courage of these people. It came about when they had finished circumcising all the nation. Verse 8 of Joshua 5 that they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. It took it took a long time for them to circumcise all the males. And it took a long time, at least ten days, at least ten more days to heal them. Can you imagine how vulnerable they must have felt? Here they are lying in Gilgal, which is just a stone's throw, if you would, from Jericho the people that they were going to go to war against, and all the men who are able to fight are now disabled due to the circumcision. They remembered, I'm sure, the Scriptures that taught in Genesis chapter 34 when Jacob's two sons, Simon and Levi, went into the enemy's camp because they overheard that the enemies all were circumcised and they went into the camp and one by one they went and killed all of the men because the men were unable to fight them back. These people knew of this. They heard of this. And yet they still obeyed the Word of God. Therefore it took faith. It took courage for Joshua and for the people who crossed over the Jordan River to obey the Lord, but their obedience of the Lord is and was the secret of their success. I want you to read with me again. Joshua chapter 1, verses 6, 7, 8, and 9. This is a place that we'll come back to once in a while. The Lord said in verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. The Lord then said in verse 7, only be strong and very courageous and be careful to do according all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right nor to the left so that you may have success in wherever you go. He is saying don't turn from these pages of this, the law. Hold close to it. Hold on to it. Don't turn away from it either to the right or to the left. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you might be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you're going to have success. Verse 9, he says, have I not commanded you, be strong, be courageous, don't tremble, don't be dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I say to you in this time in which we live, You and I need to allow our courage and our strength to be found only upon the Word of God and the God whom loves us and whom has given His life for us and who has made a covenant with us that He will bless us and He will care for us. We are are to allow the Word of God and the Word of God alone to be our success.